Hello and welcome to I Can't Believe That Happened. If you're just joining us, you won't notice anything different if you've been with us since the beginning. Oh, thank you so much for your patience this summer while I got everything ready to set this up as a seasonal podcast. So if you've listened before, you know that I was gearing up for a whole season of the history of the circus, which is a big passion of mine. I love, love the history of the circus and there's so much to uncover here. So I'm really grateful you're on for the ride. This first round of I Can't Believe That Happened is going to be about the large animal tamers because there is, oh wow, this was so much fun to research. I can't even begin to tell you guys how much fun I had learning about these men and women who really revolutionized the idea of animal training and big animal training. We're going to start with the person who really, um, kind of create the aesthetic that we think of. And aesthetic, I mean by the look. When you think of a lion tamer, the look that you would have with the chair and the whip and the the safari outfit. And believe me, we are going to talk a lot about that chair and whip later when we talk about people like Mabel Stark, um, who decided to go a different way. But right now we're going to focus on Clyde Beatty. Um, He was born in 1903 in Bainbridge, Ohio. So he was... um, not the romantic beginning you would necessarily think of, of a wild animal trainer. And he was one of my favorites because he didn't really let a lot stop him. Um, He worked with what he had at the time. And when he was nine years old, he went and saw a circus and was so inspired at nine that he went home and created his own circus with his farm animals and pets and charged his neighbors to go and see it. And, oh, I just love this idea. I thought it was darling and fun. Um, so he continued that for, for actually quite a long time. Um, and uh, he didn't really actually do much beyond the, the backyard until he was 17. And he went to join a real circus. Now, when he was 20, he started his career with four polar bears and became the youngest animal trainer ever. Now, this is all the really um, happy, cool stuff about Clyde Beatty and a lot to admire there. But there is some stuff that I find a little problematic, and we are going to talk a little bit about that because I'd be really curious what your opinion is about Clyde Beatty after learning a little bit more about him. Um, He was very into what was called... Uh, I hate this term, um, but it was actually called a fighting act. He didn't have the animals fight, but it was all about his mastery over the animal. And I didn't resonate with that as much as, and you're going to hear me talk a lot about this in the future episodes with uh, Mabel Stark and um, Ursula, uh, that his idea was mastering the animals and control where the other people who came after him, it was a lot more, and this isn't just a woman-man thing, and there's actually a lot of men who followed this idea, and it was a man who actually came up with the idea of the relationship with the animal. But the next few people we're going to talk about is the people who relied on the relationship to the big animal, where Clyde was really much more about that he was in control, and that's where that pistol and whip came in to this into this act. And it is uh, kind of like what we think about when we think about wild animal acts. So part of why we remember Clyde so much is that he was very, very famous. And that had a lot to do with the time that he 
he was alive. He was alive during the baby years of television. And he was on television, gosh, from the 1950s all the way to the 1960s. Um, he even had a star syndicated radio series called The Clyde Beatty Show that went from 1950 to 1952. And I can tell you right now, running a weekly show is a lot of work. So I'm really impressed with him. So what really solidified his fame was, and some of you might not have heard of this, um, but let me assure you, this was the show at the time, and it was called The Ed Sullivan Show. And um, that's where he performed um, for the entire world. Um, that was kind of the magic of television at the time. So that really uh, solidified like what we remember about him and his look. Now, while that was incredibly iconic, being on the Ed Sullivan Show, that did not happen without incident. In the background, what was happening was is that he had to try to change his act and change animals that are very much more controlled with routine into a situation that was very not controlled and not what the animals were used to. And things went sideways. Now, no one was hurt. But things were not happening as they should, and it was a deep concern because it was happening live with a live studio audience. Now, everyone's able to behave very professionally, and Sullivan was able to redirect the audience's attention to the other people who were being interviewed. And Beatty was actually able to subdue the lions and keep everything under control, and no one was hurt, no lions were hurt. But it is really amazing to me how he was able to control a very uncontrollable situation in front of a lot of people and a live audience not only in front of him but it was filmed and shown live now the wildest animal I've ever had to tame in my life is my giant dog that I call dire wolf he's not a wolf but he's giant um so I don't I feel a little uncomfortable judging his methods um I don't know what it's like to be there with all the lions um, I do know that I feel a little better about the other um, ways of lion taming, of relying on the relationship with the animal. But again, I am not an expert, so I really feel uncomfortable making any judgment calls. What I will say is the things I really admire about Clyde Beatty, and there is a lot to admire, is that he saw something that inspired him and he created an act out of it. He created something that he was proud of, even as a child. Like, you guys are so able to do things and... You have so much more at your fingertips than even I had when I was a kid. There's YouTube. There's ways to film things and put them out there. And Clyde Biddy really didn't let anything stop him. He saw something. He was inspired. He made it. So that was really something I admire about him. Um, and I have to say anyone who's willing to climb into a, a, a situation and work with what you know, that that's exciting. Um, sorry, I'm getting a little sidetracked, aren't I? There's a lot to Clyde Beatty that's good, that's... Um, that's a little problematic for me, but I will say that this is a guy who did not let anything stop him. He followed his passion and he became a absolute paragon of the wild animal taming groups. So that's it for Clyde Beatty. Um, I did write a children's history book about the circus. It has a few other details in it and it absolutely will cover everything we're going to learn about. Um, please feel free to buy it. It's up on Kindle. You can find it as the um, as the How the Circus Began. Um, and please take a listen, read, 
Um, make sure you send this out to your friends, parents, if you're listening and you're in any Facebook groups and especially homeschool Facebook groups, please share the podcast. It's a lot of fun. Uh, if you're going on a road trip, this is a really fun one to listen to on a road trip. One of um, our listeners just reminded me that this is the perfect amount of time to listen to on the way to school. So I know it's a little early in the summer to think about it, but you know, when you head back to school, this is a fun thing to listen to on the way to school. Something that you can bring up to talk to your teachers or your friends that they might not have heard before. So have a great summer. Um, thank you for welcoming me back with a, a new season on the history of the circus. And make sure you share us with your friends, family, anyone who might be interested. I will see you guys next week. And we will be talking about Ursula and her polar bears. She was called the polar bear princess. So tune in next week. <laughs>